The U.S. government issuing a rare emergency declaration yesterday after a cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline. And if you're not familiar with that, and really who is, uh, but uh, the Colonial Pipeline is the uh, United States' largest fuel pipeline. So this has major implications when it comes to fuel and gas prices. And for more on all of this, here's our tech expert, Adam Oldfield, who joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Adam, good afternoon. Hey, good how are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, just uh, first off, uh, do we know exactly who is responsible for this ransomware, the cyber attack on this Colonial Pipeline? It's actually a small hacking group called DarkSide, which is a, uh, a, a group out of Russia. And uh, they've, uh, they, uh, as many hackers out there, are uh, growing uh, exponentially. Um, DarkSide is uh, a reference to an anonymous hacking group that has caused a little turmoil. And in this case, uh, they really upset the pipeline, if you will. And by, uh, by such, they locked down a lot of the computer systems that regulate and control a lot of the operations of the Colonial Pipeline. Um, they're also well-known uh, in a group that has actually been involved in a lot of the medical systems, medical care systems, and uh, not specifically this group, uh, but they're also well-known in regards to infiltrating municipal uh, as well as uh, state operations. So this is, uh, they took down a group with a ransomware. So uh, just to kind of like dumb it down for everyone, somebody went into the pipeline office one day, went to turn on their computer, and it was literally a big ransomware warning on it saying, your systems have been locked. Uh, please pay this ransom. Otherwise, your systems will uh, be uploaded online with uh, uh, sensitive information about your uh, how you operate and details. Uh, that's what's caused this issue of now it's in a lockdown. They've got a threat situation, uh, as uh, I think you heard on AM640 with the news earlier, pertaining to uh, what is the government going to do. This is, uh, this is a common problem. This is not something that is like, what? This happened? Uh, they've been talking about this for a while. The FBI has commented it many times. Right. And, uh, you know, some of the chatter I've seen online in the uh, last uh, few hours, last 12 hours, has been uh, whether or not uh, the U.S. government and others, including, I guess, here in Canada, the Canadian government, are we truly up to speed when it comes to this uh, threat? Are we prepared to defend ourselves against these uh, cyber attacks or these ransomware attacks? I mean, the biggest issue with this, Jeff, and I've said this as, as a tech guy, you got to keep upgrading your systems. And the problem we're having is that we get our computer systems working and we get very uh, satisfied with it. So, you know, when we take a look at our operations, and especially in a large organization such as, uh, you know, a pipeline, for example, but I was at a bank uh, last week. Just to give you a perspective, uh, I had to open up a personal bank account, and as he was putting my information in, he's using uh, Microsoft Explorer. And I, I'm looking at him, and I said, you do know Microsoft has literally got it posted. Do not use this browser. Their own company is telling you not to use it. And this is one of our major institutions in Canada. And I just kind of shook my head and was you know, concerned about this from the sake of do you not realize the implications, the warnings and otherwise? So this is a major problem that not, it's not just a government thing. It's a private institution thing. They're, they're very susceptible if they don't take action and upgrade A, the software, and B, the hardware. Yeah, and I know uh, the company uh, behind Colonial Pipeline, uh, they have been uh, fairly careful, if you will, with the information they've let out about this. Uh, for example, do we know uh, whether or not the pipeline was uh, truly affected? Is the flow of uh, gas and oil been affected here? Are we going to see this at the pumps, the price of uh, gas? Uh, we don't really know any of that, do we? 
No, we don't know any of it. And one of the things that the the hackers are claiming, and by the way, I know this is going to sound uh, menial, and and you know nobody wants to give it to hackers, but they're they're asking for uh, you know a significant amount of money. But the data that they say they have and the information they've locked down, it's like payroll taxes, business plans, insurance details. Uh, you know, when we take a look at some of the data that they've got access to, and they've locked down the uh, uh, the operations. I, I mean, I, I kind of look at it and go, yeah. It's, kind of sucks that they've got this data that they could be disclosing. Um, I think they're just being, they being, of course, the pipeline colonial, are being proactive in the system of being able to say, uh, we're taking action on it. Um, When it comes to ransomware like this, and when it comes to fixing it, uh, if they've got a backup, and I'm going to say they do, what really is going to be time effective is they got to take down the systems, reload all the computers, upload all the the data back onto it, and ensure that it's uh, not been infiltrated and they'll have to make sure that they update that data for it not to be infiltrated again. So right now, what I'm visioning in my head is someone's in the, uh, in the, in the IT department right now taking out the backup drives and uploading them quickly and trying to make sure that they're, uh, they're up to date. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it's important to share information, though, because uh, although you've been the victim of a ransomware uh, attack, if we don't know uh, how these things are happening and affecting uh, government organizations and companies, it's pretty tough to defend against us uh, against that, isn't it? It is 100%. It's actually very, uh, very hard if you're going to be walking. Well, in many cases, ransoms have been paid, even in Canada. Uh, it's easier to, uh, you know, pay for the cost of what the ransom is requesting. And then in cases of a million dollars or otherwise. But the one particular thing about Darkside, and this is happening a lot, Jeff, is that you can learn online. This is this hacking system is available for anyone that wants to spend some time. Uh, and we seem to have a lot of it during quarantine to educate ourselves with the Hacking Academy. This is not something that you have to be uh, going to university, you're a Harvard student and you're bored out of your mind and you need to make a a life of online terrorism. This is something that anyone can get on the dark web with. You can do it through a a BitTorrent, you can do it through Telegram, uh, and this is actively capable of anyone to be able to get access to this and learn the traits. And hackers are happy to share this information. Joined here by Adam Oldfield. Adam, while we've got you, I also want to ask you about the latest news regarding Bill C-10, something we've discussed in the past. This is that federal bill that is looking to regulate the Internet. And the government we hear, Adam, is now looking at users with larger followings and those that are making money online. Uh, yeah, what we're seeing is that they're trying to spin. It sounds more like a CRA issue than anything else, Jeff. And I've said that I said that before. I think when we were on the show last time, is that this is a bit of a cross. There's a bit of a line in between here of regulation and revenue uh, collection. So one of the comments under the new bill uh, amendments that they've uh, that they've come out with is, well, for all, you know the average person uploading pictures of kitties that are getting uh, petted and they're all looking cute, they're not going to be impacted. However, if you do become an influencer if you're on TikTok, you're on youtube and you make money and that's very easy to do it doesn't take a lot of money you could have a thousand subscribers jeff on youtube and you could make almost a hundred thousand dollars us a year that's not difficult to do uh so from that perspective what they're that is that deemed to be an influencer how many people do you have to have as a large audience and what they're claiming is this public broadcasting needs to be more focused on canadian content this is what it's coming down to they want their license rights but they want canadian content to be seen i got a bit of a, a you know a bee in my bonnet on that situation which i didn't add to last time we spoke and that is these algorithms 
are focused on local content. So Facebook and, and Google and all of them are regional marketed from a level of which you watch, other than YouTube, particularly where it will give you uh, recommendations, but Facebook just launched neighborhoods. We've seen this with, uh, with TikTok. It, it will give you regional searches. The CRTC is claiming that we need more Canadian content to be seen in our search results when it comes to social media, in addition to these big Netflix and Spotify's and otherwise, uh, you know, showcasing other talent other than Canada. Uh, I, I, I still believe this is an absolute horrible bill. It hasn't been done right. I think the, the principles there, it just needs to be really, really well researched and properly prepared. Okay, so if you're a quote unquote influencer, whatever that may be, and again, the <laughs> definition is still something it sounds like they're working out on this uh, bill, this Bill C-10. But if you're deemed to be an influencer, could someday soon you have CanCon uh, requirements, just like radio stations, one out of every three songs played have got to be Canadian, and also that the CRA is coming uh, for you if you're not paying taxes on income? Well, let's be clear. The CRA is coming after you regardless of CanCon content. That play, that's another topic for sure. However, on the other topic you brought up, yes, absolutely. If your videos are uploaded and you you've said it very well if you've got background music uh your content would have to be 60 percent. that's under the current bill that's being reviewed currently in legislation so your canadian music that would be in the background would have to be accounted for uh you would have to be canadian uh the software i don't know what the specifics in regards to that are but uh if you're uh you know located outside of the country but you are uploading in canada um does that does that factor into into the equation. So uh, there's a lot of questions still to be had about, wait a minute, how does that work? But this is like, for example, some guy sitting on his Xbox PS5, and he records himself playing a video game. And ironically, this is a massive thing, Jeff. A lot of guys are making, a lot of women and guys are making good money just talking themselves through a video game, uh, Minecraft, name it. Those would all be subject to CanCon. But what would be the CanCon? Would it be the actors who's invited to come on board and be involved when they, when they do the video? And further to that, uh, are the video games Canadian? <laughs> is it going to be uh, Ubisoft, which is out of Montreal? Would that have to be a factor? You can only show videos of games as long as they were made in Canada. So many questions still to be had. All right, and we will continue to watch with interest. Adam, appreciate the time as always. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great afternoon. All right. Adam Oldfield, our tech expert.